drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. An intelligent man is sometimes forced to be drunk to spend time with his fools. That from... Eh, I say an okay writer, Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Not the greatest. Hit. He definitely had some hits. Well, he definitely had some hits. I don't know. I, ne- I don't know that I necessarily agree with those hits. Yeah. Well, I haven't really gone through his whole catalog, honestly. I, I, well, yeah, I definitely don't celebrate his yeah. entire catalog for sure. But the stuff right. I was forced to read in high school, I was just like, eh. <laughs> what's he for whom the bell tolls? Is that anyway? Was that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Are you talking? Or is that Fitzgerald? That was Fitzgerald. Yeah, I can't uh, remember. The old man in the sea. Oh, one. okay. Yeah. Uh, Sun also rises. I think. Sun. Yeah. 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 Which I didn't read. Mein Kampf. I don't think that was him. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, no, I'm not, but I don't think it was him. You don't know that for a fact. Though. I don't know that for we a fact. We don't know that he wasn't Hitler's ghostwriter. <laughs> That's a bold statement <laughs> if you want to put that out today. That's a fact. It's a new it fact. Is. Put it in Wikipedia. Instant fact. <laughs> so, so Mark's reeling a little bit today. He got a gigantic brew bloods tattoo. That's right. All on, across the butt cheek. And on one on my face, too. Yeah, so he's having to lean to the side <laughs> yeah. and keep one half of his face out of the sun. It's really weird. <laughs> it's he got strange. half the logo on one cheek and half on his face cheek. It's it's really strange. I have one of those uh, 90s mom's sun visors covering my face. So. <laughs> right. And I'm also wearing mom jeans. I, well, you were in the Phantom of the Opera mask before. Yeah, that, was, that only covered half out. the face, though. Well, yeah, you, you did the half logo yeah. on the half face. I had to keep swapping them back and forth, though, because it's a full logo. <laughs> oh, did you do the full? Okay, yeah. I thought it was half on one cheek, half on the That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> but this is not the tattoo cast. That's true. This is episode 104, 104 of Brew Bloods. Not one of four. Not one of four. We are not the Borg. <laughs> right. This is 104 of Brew Bloods. And something we haven't had a chance to talk about because we've been too interviewee. We've been out there snapping necks, cashing checks. To get everybody to come in. Get everybody talk. to come yeah, on the show. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. But we haven't had a chance to talk about the biggest news the last couple weeks is that there's actually two pieces to this, but um, <laughs> ratebeer.com, a site we have frequented in the past for many of our uh, oh, baseline times. You know, Most, most comparison every time. ratings. Most every um, time, yeah. They apparently took an investment by ZX Ventures. Which is a, a shell company for ABM Bev. A shell investment firm for <laughs> ABM Bev. And it's has I don't know if that's technically what it is, but I don't know all the corporate lingo. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how I'm the corporate game company. goes, but I'm gonna say that's what it is. They don't want to just buy directly under ABM Bev. They yeah, because it's hide it a little immediate bit. alert, yeah. So apparently this deal was completed last October. So oh, wow. they've been in control of rate beer. Well, I, we also don't know what we don't know is we don't know what the terms were. Those weren't disclosed. Right. So we don't know how much ownership how much of a stake ZX Ventures has. We just know they have a percentage. We know they have a percentage. That's very generic, you know. And I'm surprised they didn't disclose the details. True. But I thought they would be acquired, uh, required to by law, but I guess not. Um, well, I don't know if that shell company is... If you can have a private thing that's under a public corp. I have no idea. Maybe. Um, and rate, rate beer was definitely private. I mean, it's not yeah. like they're traded, publicly traded, so you don't have to disclose yeah, anything I guess do. it's like... Somebody investing in a brewery, you don't necessarily have to disclose the details. If it's a private company, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know how much control they have. And yeah. the fact that they were, this happened in October and it wasn't announced till now May. Or I'm sorry, June. Uh, early June, as of, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Get my time's all confused here, but yeah. um, that's shady. Then is now. Then it, and now is June. Yeah. And when is then? All right. Um, and when bends. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's kind of shady just the fact they didn't disclose that early on. And it's strange. It's strange. So, first, before we get to the second piece of this news, what do you think about Rebeer? What do you think about this? Because uh, it I'm, kind of impacts our show in some ways. I'm not a big fan of that occurring because, um, you know, the evil empire that 
can be ABM dev for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Not going to say they always are, but I'm also going to say there's definitely elements of it that are. Um, you have some concern where you think that a place like Rate Beer is going to be a neutral site where everyone can come in and give their neutral feedback, and you're not right. going to have one giant corporate sponsor that's going to kind of manipulate the data or say, oh, all of a sudden, uh, it's something we own. Oh, look at Breckenridge Vanilla Porter is all of a sudden the best rated porter. Yeah. Goose Island IPA is number yeah, one IPA. I mean, it, they you could know. totally pull a Gavin Belson and oh, yeah. manipulate the Hooli search results of rate beer Absolutely, to match yeah. what they want, you know, to, to craft whatever right. perception they want for their beers. In response to that, um, just it's notable that Dogfish has already said, get yeah, me off that, the site. That was going to be my second thing was um, yeah. Dogfish asked that they pull all mentions and ratings from rate beer. Right. And they weren't the only ones. Cantillon out of Europe actually asked for the same thing. Oh, really? Okay. As a result, That's a yeah. And Dogfish specifically said that they were troubled by the announcement of the investment uh, by AB and Bev, and they feel that this is a, quote, direct violation of the Society of Professional Journalists, the SPJ, Code of Ethics, and a blatant conflict of interest. Yeah. And the, the other disturbing thing about it is I feel like rate beer has a lot bigger database. They have a lot more... They have a lot more people that rate on that site than they do, let's just say, Beer Advocate. Yeah. It's um, more of an international user base. Untapped is the biggest. I think it's yeah. because it's the easiest. It's an app. But I also think Untapped's a little bit different because people don't people tend to rate that just like a I like it X amount of stars and that's kind of it. Right. Rate beer would give a little more detail. You had several you had a dedicated user base that would come in and give really specific reviews. Right. So I think it gave you a little more information than just saying, I I think this beer is good mm-hmm. or I think it's bad. Yeah. Which is kind of what Untapped is. You get a little you get more tasting notes, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, your advocate. You know, it's a lot of the bro ratings, which I don't know if you care about that or not. You know, it's I guess yeah. that's ownership slash maybe power users. I don't even know yeah, for sure. Uh, people have you know, I'm not a big beer advocate user because yeah. Well, no, there's a number of reasons. I, I'm not a big fan of the interface, for instance, yeah. the rating interface. Um, I know a lot of people have qualms about the bros uh-huh. who own beer advocate that they're. Look, I've had no interaction with them, but just judging what people have said on on Reddit, right. Um, you know, they say they're bullies. Uh, yeah. In general, in the community, they're bullies. They're uh, people allege that our ratings are not the greatest, anyways. You know, I, sure. I look. I have no <laughs> skin in this game about yeah. beer advocate, but do they allege that they skew things? I don't know. Not that I, they skew things. They're just, they're just not very pointed just, ratings. They're not they're just very. They're not great. Genero ratings. Owners of that platform. Yeah, no, they're bullies. They're not great stewards of the not, craft. Yeah, 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 that's the that's the best word for it. Is <laughs> they're not great stewards of yeah. that that corner of the industry got you look i don't know i'm i'm not a beer advocate fan nor am i a hater i am nonplussed about them um i will say i feel like they could this is something we've talked about several times off air and it's a different industry we have um you know a really good friend that has a a a very successful podcast around gaming uh we've had ads for him in earlier episodes too right and um you know they have a community out there for board games called board game geek it's very very open, very, very inclusive, very supportive. I feel like Beer Advocate and Rate Beer, one of them or both of them, could be more supportive of the community. Right. Have more. They are providing reviews, and if they were more open to having, say, people like us go on there and promote things and have yeah. our bring our listenership on there and have interactions on their site, I don't know what that hurts. But yeah. they both, and especially Beer Advocate, really shy away from that and really get upset and pull your stuff off. Yeah. And if it's any kind of considered promotion. Which to me that's very adversarial. When yeah. you're you're a well-established brand and somebody coming in is not going to be taking any traffic. In fact, they're doing everything on your site. 
I don't really understand that. You know, yeah, I, I mean, it I, wasn't just like we don't use them just because of self promotion. I mean, I well, not that. even self promotion, but I'm saying you include people like us yeah. uh, from all around that have other opinions and right. have groups that can interact with other groups, and it just builds their database. I even asked a question and mentioned somehow as part of my question. It wasn't intentionally self promotion. I don't even remember the the context honestly anymore. But I even asked a question about a certain beer, and they pulled that for self promotion. Like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really directly trying to promote the show, but yeah. they pulled that and deleted my thread for. Yeah, and it's one thing if you're just trying to post over and over. Uh, come, yeah, come, sure. da- you know, you're not giving a real review and you're saying, "Come download this podcast." Yeah. Okay, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about legitimate. Get a forum going, yeah. talking about things on the forum. Like I wasn't even allowed to like have a URL at least at the time in your profile thing. Like, yeah, as far as like you couldn't put it as part of your signature in the forum or right. anything like that. Like. I just, you know, it's their business to run however they want. But to me, that's a little confrontational. And yeah, a little, it's unnecessary. Yeah, you're not including people for no particular reason. I mean, you don't want somebody to spam your forum. I get that. Right, but. yeah. But anyways, back to rape beer. Um, yeah. Well, but they, they both fall in that category. They do. That's why they I was do. including that. I don't think Beer Advocate will take... I would be surprised if they could, they'd take a piece from any major brewery group or, or brewery like Coors, Miller Coors or AB and Bev. It's possible, but... Probably not. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, Considering they're kind of... They're, their traffic seems very domestic and a lot lower. Well, and ultra, ultra like, craft beer nerd, nerdy. You yeah, know, true. Like the, the most loyal of loyal to craft beer, that's what you're going to find there. Yeah, true. Yep. Which is, you know, has its upsides and downsides. Uh, sure, yeah. Definitely see a lot of downsides in, in parts of that community that, again, the supportive nature and the inclusiveness often is not there in the beer community for whatever reason. It's often antagonistic. I feel like amongst the brewers, a lot of times it is, but brewers, yes. But, but I'm on saying, the other side, it's. it's I'm less, saying your yeah. beer fans, your non-brewers. It's yeah. yes, it, among brewers, it's often very collegiate, <laughs> right? And and uh, fraternal, and or whatever the opposite word is for sororities. Sure, Soror- sororal. Yeah, very sororal. Uh, support supportive. Yeah, but the the fans are often are not. So they're often a bunch of well actuallys. Yeah, you know, but I mean. It's the same thing you get with nerds in every He's corner. basically talking about everyone that listens to this show. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, we try to be supportive <laughs> and inclusive. and I'm just giving you a hard time. I mean, we're critical, but yeah. at the same time, we're also not damning, and we're not going to say you're wrong for tasting such a thing. Or Oh, no, not at all. You know, we're also not drain pour, automatic drain pours for certain beers or certain brands, you know. Sure. But anyways, back to Ray Beer, I... I don't know. I, I'm very disappointed in, in that. And everybody, look, same thing about getting acquired, a brewery getting acquired. I understand you need to make money. Yep. I get that. It just seems like there could have been other ways to monetize more. Yeah, like, absolutely. Surely there was somebody out there, like, and, you know, same disappointment with Northern Brewer. Like, were you not making enough money? Like, <laughs> being one of the, like, the top dog? In I the think that's what, that's what hurts market? it to me. Like, well, you know, thinking of different breweries selling out, yeah. you have 50,000 different breweries, you know, obviously, yeah. slight exaggeration, but you have several different options there. Yeah. You have some that are going to do that, and you can you can keep you can keep buying their stuff or you cannot. Yeah. Rate Beer and Home Brewer are kind of a one-of-a-kind thing that grew yeah. up in this craft beer industry, nope. and it sucks that they're the one. They're, it sucks that they're getting included in that yeah. when you don't have a lot of other options, and they're yeah. well-established. Yeah, with... with so, um, beer rating platforms. There's really three platforms. There's yeah. Untapped, there's Rate Beer, and there's Beer Advocate. Yep. Uh, Homebrew Supply. I mean, 
Northern Brewers was your was your major domo. There are definitely other suppliers. Sure. And here in Dallas, we have Homebrew headquarters. There are definitely other ways, the places to get equipment for sure. Right. Well, I'm just saying the big ones in but, the area. But yeah, they were definitely the major domo. And it sucks that. Yeah. You buy something from Northern Brewer, you're you're lining the coffers of ABM Bev. Not that we're not in any many other ways, but sure uh, by buying Goose Island or whatever else. But right, sure. It's yep. just it just seems like such a. I don't know, man. Like, such a snaky <laughs> move to move in on rate beer. And especially waiting six months to announce it. Like, what, what, honestly wonder, what does ZX, AK, AB Embed, what do they get out of this deal? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, other than ad space, promoting their brand, what are they getting out of it? Yeah. Well, I know. It's more sinister than them buying a beer that has, a, or a brewery that has a successful beer. Brewery, you can understand that. Because you're, you're getting a piece yeah. of a beer that is respected. You're getting a piece of that market. You're getting direct monetary compensation but what right. are you getting out of rate beer right i don't know it, i don't know and it's, it makes you wonder are they pulling a gavin belson i, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see it, yeah well it'll be interesting to see how traffic skews you know yeah. give it another six six eight months a year yeah and i, see, I wonder like who's well, gonna watch the watchman like who's gonna watch rate beer and see how things change all right yeah and i also haven't seen yeah i mean you know dogfish rat canton I actually haven't seen, at least in the last few days, if they actually replied to that request or removed everything. They looked know. like they were still on there last I looked it up. Yeah. Okay. Which well, was I've, yesterday, I, I think. I haven't paid attention, honestly, but... Yeah. Well, you I don't get, care about beer. That's, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> I guess. I'm guessing they probably won't do it, actually. I bet they won't either. I, yeah. I bet they won't. Yeah. Why would they? Um, what advantage is that to the right beer to do that? But it does It does leave, like, okay, well, it leaves definitely a gap for untapped in some ways. But Untapped is definitely more casual platform. So where is the happy medium? Right beer was that happy medium between right. beer I've getting untapped. Yeah. So who's going to fill that gap? I don't know. I'm guessing MarchReviews.com. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like Tom's Hardware. It's going to be Mark's Beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mark'sCraftBeer.com. Right. Such a great site. <laughs> just, just be a big picture of you <laughs> in the top banner. Just a gift. Just going back and forth. <laughs> You typing, yeah, with an ass eating grin. <laughs> well, it'll really just be two pictures of you, just slightly different, yeah. <laughs> like slightly turned to the side. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be a glamour shot from 1985. <laughs> yeah, it's, me, it's it's real, it's real high tech. Me tipping a cow pattern cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, with some, but just slightly, not yeah. even really off yeah. the head. With a perm, and it's a real field. Yeah. Way too much makeup on. <laughs> right, lots of lipstick. Just lots oh, of lipstick. Good. Well, it's going to be always going to be the. It's going to be the best, uh, most of a highly valued website of uh, 2018. Oh, yes. We'll definitely get some investments. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, today, well, so the question is, are we going to continue to use Red Beer? Uh, for right now, I would say yes, but I do kind of want to watch the trends and see what's, see what's happening, see if it actually affects right. the user base, see if, like I said, if you start seeing Breckenridge Vanilla Porter and see Goose Island IPA on the top of the uh, style list. Top 100. And, you know, you start seeing those go way up and you start seeing other things trending down that you know are good. Yeah. Uh, you start seeing, uh, I don't know, Pliny the Elder getting a 65 or, you know, things you things you know yeah. are going to be complete BS, then maybe we'll shy away from it. The thing, the thing I worry about is that, I mean, this is like a grand conspiracy, but yeah, is like ZX will hire a bunch of, you know, third world computer users to come in and write like a lot of people do on Amazon they'll hire people to come write fake reviews on Amazon true yeah um, and you can almost always tell like the people that are like they're overly glowing they're always five stars like always there's, that, yeah. there's no knocks against the product you can always you can easily do that and you have to watch out for that on Amazon well I'm worried about that for Ray Beer that true. somebody's gonna hire you know some team out of India to just yeah. uh, write tons and tons of bad reviews over again for some beer that's really good that's true it's possible 
It is possible. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it may be just a grand conspiracy, but I think it's. I don't think it's that far out of the realm. In this age of fake news and right. manipulating, when you have sites that deliberately allow you to create like a fake news out of a fake news template, a template yeah. to make a fake news story, and then it gets published as if it's on a real news site. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just don't know. It's like we're living in this real this weird world again. You know, like a fake world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll use it for now. We'll just see what happens. Um, they, fortunately, or unfortunately, they have the best database going at least right now. They have the in best our, reviews in of, our view of compiling all of the uh, information from breweries yeah. and stuff like that too. For now, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, um, yeah. I guess today we're going to be going into a new brewery. Yeah, that we haven't touched before. New, new to us. Not, yeah, new to. Well, they've been around. They're one of the older crap breweries. One of the in older. Texas. Yeah, one of the older in uh, Texas for sure. Yeah. So we're going to talk about five one two out of Austin after this. Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast, Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond, and it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you're eating. What you drinking? We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, streaming live video and audio. Your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend. Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there. So we should mention today we're actually we're not a good friend. We're not a good friend. We're we're not good friend. AKA Liquid Growler. (laughs) I think we're liquid, not liquid. What did I say? You said liquid growler. Is it liquid? It's, it's a liquid. New, it's a new neighborhood in Dallas. Liquid. <laughs> uh, we've been here once before, at least for the show, and that was... We've been here many times. Yeah, but I'm saying for the Cherry Velvet Hammer with Michael Pettacolos, that was right. a few months ago. So, it, you oh, know... That was, that was like last year. Was that last year? Yeah, yeah. October, November last year. Time flies when you're doing a lot of meth and drinking a lot of beer. Yeah, drinking a lot of alcohol, yep. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we've been here before. Great little spot in... Almost East Dallas. It's it it's East in Dallas? Lakewood. Yeah, I guess it's, it is. It's right on the border, so at least. Yeah. yeah, it's on the border. Unlike, unlike the brewery, it's actually in yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah, so it's a nice little growler shop on Mockingbird in Dallas, and right. uh, we've been here many, many times. And we, you know, it's a little. It's really, as we noted earlier, it's really laid back. Like it's got a real chill, like library vibe today. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's basically a part in a shopping center. Yeah. Uh, you know, a section of a shopping center. They have uniqued it up as much as you can do yeah. with that kind of space. I mean, in fairness, um, it's not full-on industrial like a lot of those places are, which I like. It's a little more rustic. Yeah, uh, I feel like 
the beer culture and the beer scene has gone way too industrial. I feel like everything has to have, you yeah. know, exposed duct work and everything's metal and, yeah. you know, but th- this is a little more, like I said, it's got like aluminum siding on the inside. It's yeah. a little weathered and uh, painted boards for one side. And then they have a, they have a lot of taps here, 36 taps. Yeah. Um, they have a refrigerator full of uh, nice beer as well, which we took advantage of today with yeah. this uh, review we're actually going to do. I, it's just it's just like normally it's a lot more lively yeah. in here, and today it's just like everybody's like real subdued, like everybody's real quiet. It's very NPR. It's busy. It's busy, it's busy but, but it's but very it's quiet. Subdued. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't help that we're listening to uh, the Duplass Brothers Pandora Station, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like everything, like you could picture being some shoegazing movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> Duplass Brothers movie. Well, it's probably calmer now, too. They don't allow dogs in here anymore, which yeah, is per true. city ordinance. Per um, city ordinance, yeah. Someone decided to tattle on that, and, yeah, um, you know, then now they're not allowed to come anymore, which... I think it's a bunch of BS, but, you know. That was one of the great things about why, the city. Why tell on that? Yeah. A-holes. They're not serving food in here. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, they serve popcorn, but, you know. Oh, right. Just don't but, let but the dog it, walk through the popcorn. Yeah. Don't let the dog eat the napkin and don't let them eat popcorn. <laughs> exactly. It's not like they're a full-on brew pop. Let so. them, yeah, keep the moron dog away from yeah, the popcorn. Exactly. You'll be fine. <laughs> so today we're talking about 512, and uh, 512 is a brewery out of Austin. They're one of... They were one of my first that's, craft beers. That's a Texas uh, city, uh, Mark. It, it is. In case you didn't it know. is one of the leaders in craft beer for a long time. I don't know why I struggled to get that out. But. I don't know why either. <laughs> but 512 has been around for a long time. Dustin probably will tell you here in the break how long they've been around. But uh, Yeah. Uh, interesting about 512, uh, my buddy who now lives in Portland was way into craft beer before I was. And it was back when we only had Franconi and Rar, and they were opening 512. Yeah. And he and I... Could have been. He even got the paperwork. We could have been initial investors in 512 and had a brick with our names on it and everything. <laughs> but we both decided it was too risky and didn't do it. Now, you see a decade yeah. a decade and a few years later, I believe they're, they're at least about 10, 12, maybe 15 years old. They're, they're up there. Yeah. They're one of the older ones. Um, they, that would have been a safe bet. How much was the investment? Uh, I don't recall. It wasn't too much. Oh, come on. Tell us the numbers. I really don't recall. I think it was less than 500 bucks. I mean, it wasn't much. God, you're an idiot. Um, I don't know if you got any return on that or you just yeah. got, like, maybe some free pecan porter for the rest yeah. of your life or something. You, you got, got something a, you, out of you it. You got a brick. Yeah, true. You got that. You got something out of it. I can't remember. But it was it was a percentage return on it. Yeah. And you could go up to several thousand dollars. But, yeah. you know, that was their initial fundraiser. And, uh, yeah, stupidly, we didn't do it because we definitely would have made our money back. Morons. Yeah. It well, was. You, don't, you don't know that you would have made your money back. You might have just gotten a brick. Well, that's true. And a T-shirt. <laughs> no, there was some investment And that brick on. has no resale value. <laughs> Absolutely none. Unless you want to just give it to somebody to, like, pave a wall. Yeah, true. Good point. That's at least a couple of bucks. <laughs> I don't know that you didn't get anything for that. They're just like, thanks for the brick, guy. <laughs> yeah, true. You just smack in the face. You can maybe it. use it as an offensive weapon or something, but... But yes, since then they have done quite well. Yes. Uh, they I know their distributions at least throughout the Lone Star State. I don't know if it goes beyond there. Um, I'll probably tell you that later. But for now, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but that's yeah, they're 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 pretty uh, they're a pretty well known brand. That's when, when then will be now. Yeah, exactly. In the yeah, yet uh, I would say their most widely distributed beer that it, least we see is their pecan porter. Yeah. Now they also make once a year is their whiskey barrel double pecan porter, which. Right. I would say it's been up and down, but has largely been more good than or more great than I would say most good. good. I, I remember one year there was a real problem with overcarbonation, like explosive overcarbonation. But right. overall, I would say that's one beer that we definitely, I we uh, speaking as the royal we, <laughs> uh, I definitely try to seek out every year when it comes out. It's really hard. But to You find always pull out. me along with you and say yeah. we're going to go get this. You grab me by the shirt collar and pull me in there. <laughs> Throw you up against the wall. Yeah, tell me how good of a beer it is. I will say though, uh, as close to Austin as we are, it's really hard to find that beer. 
yeah. when it comes out once a year. But it's a it's a damn fine beer. Yeah, and that one that one's a little bit higher ABV. I think their normal pecan yeah. porter is around six, and yeah. that one's around eight and a half nine. But their so. regular pecan porter is like it's like the temperature around here. It is a ubiquitous beer. You can find it. Oh yeah, I mean it's one of those beers early on you could find everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not as common as it used to be because of the um, craft beer scene here in Dallas, the explosion. But yeah, they've knocked some of the taps out. Yeah, from, but you can still find beers. it. But yeah, you can still get it. Yeah, far and wide. Absolutely. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about their uh, wild bear sour slash wild ale. Yeah. And it doesn't really fit into any specific category, but um, no, it doesn't. We decided to go with wild ale because a it's called wild bear. Yep. And it also, what well, starts out as a double brown ale, they actually age it in oak barrels with Britannomyces and Pediococcus bacteria. So, and they age it for 20 months in oak age feeders. So, right. It actually ends up turning from a double brown into a sort of sour wild ale. So, we're going with wild ale this time. Yeah, absolutely. And. Just to just to touch on five twelve and just talk about some of the other beers they have. Like you said, we d- we do have the uh, the pecan porter and the uh, whiskey barrel aged double pecan that touch they do come out with. Right. Um, the other the other big one I do see around is their IPA. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's it's out a lot, especially if you're in Austin. It's a very common thing that's on tap. Um, they have a wit beer that's uh, rated really high. Uh, they also have a double IPA, which is uh, rated almost. Uh, it's rated eighty nine out of hundred, so it's it does really well. And they also do a cream stout. Uh, well, they did a cream stout. It's retired, but I do recall having that and actually liking that quite a bit. Uh, that that gets around a ninety, um, and then they also have an Abbey Triple called the Three. Uh, so that's another one of their popular ones. So, what does uh, Rape Beer give this beer? Uh, Rape Beer gives wi- the Wild Bear uh, an eighty-seven overall and forty-six in style. Um, that's, a, that's a big division. 87 yeah, well, overall and 46 in style? Yeah, you know, I think they're probably unfair about the style because the style is a kind of like we uh, tried to find out. It's a little bit mixed. Yeah. I mean, you have the you have the brown ale, and then you have the sour element, then you yeah. have the wild element. It's a um, bit of a hodgepodge. Yeah, so it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Uh, but, you know, we'll... We'll see how it turns out. Uh, yeah. On it, on Untapped, uh, it gets a 3.95, so that's pretty high. Um, and that's on almost... So, well, it's on six, 1,650 ratings. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a couple ratings there. And then uh, Beer Advocate gives it uh, an 87. So it, it's it's getting a pretty good rating overall. And we should note it was a gold medal winner at the uh, Great American Beer Festival of 2015. In right. The Britannomyces beer category. The official description is, Wild Bear begins as a double brown ale brewed with over 85% organic, in all capital letters, ingredients, <laughs> and fermented with brewer's yeast in stainless. Next, it's transformed through aging in a large oak tank called a feeder for 20 months with the added Britannomyces yeast and a Pediococcus bacteria. This combination of wild bugs and oak aging yields a complex and enticing aroma of classic brick funkiness, cherries, vanilla, and a crisp yet multi-tart flavor that will intensify with age and an effervescent oaky finish or oaky afterbirth. Of course. That leaves the palate clean. 8.5% ABV. And you just suck your whole face in the bottle. I did. I licked it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Give it a nice rim job. Yeah, so sour eels, wild eels. Um, we've done a few of these. Yeah, the funky stuff still is something I'm, you know, Pokemon evolving into slowly. Yeah. I'm trying to find the ones I like. Right. Uh, I know we've done some recently that I like quite a bit. Uh, although the um, the Cascade we did that... Which you was know, very recent. Very, it was two or three episodes ago. Yeah, that blueberry yep. that was actually red. Right. That was a good beer. It was, didn't, yeah. Didn't get a high rating because they misled us. 
uh, on many fronts, but uh, but a good beer. It wasn't blueberry enough. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't we don't have any specific expectation on this. So we'll see we'll yeah. see how it ends up. But so uh, what do you expect out of this beer, given your history of five one two? I expect to like it. I I like sours. I like wild ales. Yeah. Um, and if it has this high of a rating, uh, really highly rated sour, I'm pretty excited about. Um, I, I feel like I still need a lot more exposure to sours. Yeah. So I'm happy to have more exposure to sours. Yeah. Glad we happened upon this. So I I have pretty good expectation for it to be. I have high expectation for it to be pretty good. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I'm like I don't know what I'm expecting. I'm not a big fan of funk in my beers. Um, right. I feel I feel like the experience I've had it varies wildly in my sure. experience, and that's probably just more my palate. Not necessarily grabbing onto those flavors yet. I'm guessing it'll be knowing five one two. It'll be a very well balanced beer, very well composed. Sure, uh, but I'm not exactly sure that I'm really going to like the flavors. Me and <laughs> me and Brett C have a have some problems at times. Yeah, I'm, I'll be interested to see how the brown ale being the base for yeah. a wild ale is. That's that's a little different. Usually, it seems like it's something like a barley wine or yeah. something else. It's not usually brown ale, so we'll see how that goes. Well, in a double brown ale, right? All right. Well, after uh, Dustin tells you about the history of five one two, we will get to the wild bear, somewhat wild sour double brown. Five one two's wild bear. Five one two's wild bear. There you go. Five twelve Brewery was founded by Kevin Brand along with his wife Sarah. His interest in beer began in 1992 while working at a local Austin area beer store. His enjoyment of the variety of options found here inspired Kevin to start home brewing. Shortly after graduating from UT, he and his wife moved to California where his home brewing experimentation really flourished. After a decade on the West Coast, Kevin and his wife moved back to Austin. Shortly after returning in 2007, he started down the path to opening 512. 512 Brewing currently distributes throughout Texas and is eyeing expansion. They're looking to open a new $6 million facility, which will up its production from around 11,000 barrels now to 40,000 barrels a year. The facility should open by third quarter of 2017. 512 Brewing has four core beers, all established in 2008. They are the 512 Wit, made in the style of Belgian-style wheat beers, the 512 Pale, a Pale Ale, the 512 IPA, an aggressively hopped IPA, and their most notable beer, the Pecan Porter. Made with organic U.S. two-row and copious amounts of crystal malt, along with Baird's chocolate and black malts. So the BJCP for a wild special beer, which is what we're going with here, is the overall impression is it should be a sour and or funky version of a fruit, herb, or spice beer, or a wild beer aged in wood. If wood aged, the wood should not be the primary or dominant character. The uh, aroma should show the fruit, sour, and or funk of a wild fermentation, as well as the characteristics of the special ingredients used. The best examples will blend the aromatics from the fermentation with the special ingredients, creating an aroma that may be difficult to attribute or attribute precisely. <laughs> well, this was not uh, this was not aged in wood. It was aged in stainless, so yeah. we won't have that element. Well, it was aged in wood for oak aged barrels for 20 months, I think. It says fermented with brewer's yeast and stainless. I could have sworn it was aged in oak, oak aged barrels. That's what it says on top there. Yeah, large oak tank. It says for 20 months. Have, didn't you learn how to read? Oh, that's the next sentence. I didn't God. read far enough. Well, yeah. the beginning, it, it's in stainless at first. Didn't they teach you in school how to read the entire <laughs> paragraph to gather your context clues? No, they didn't. <laughs> so commercial examples include the uh, Cascade Bourbonic Plague, Just King's Atrial Rubicite, New Belgium's Eric's Ale, and the uh, New Glarus Belgian Red. So 
wild range of styles there, a rainbow yeah. of flavors. I guess I could have listened to you when you read it too, but I, I guess you could have done that. But I yeah. never do. So we we'll right, start with so the aroma here. Yeah, the aroma should be uh, our old friend variable by base style. Oh yeah, uh, it is which that. in this case is a double brown ale, and it is aged in oak barrels. But and the sour it, always always kicks that up a notch it, too. Yeah, you know? and it should showcase the uh, fruit sour and or funk of a wild fermentation. It does have the the sour funk. It's not it's not overbearing, but it's there for sure. I don't really get any uh, brown ale element I at do. all. It's very light. I don't. I don't get that at all. I get it's, the. It's like at the when you're taking a, the big schnoz waft, waft of it up there. Yeah, it's there. It's just really, really light. Okay. It's, it's like a hint of of uh, that brown ale kind of uh, mustiness. A little sure. bit. A little bit of brown ale dust there. Okay. Fair it's enough. Very light. Very light. It's definitely. I wouldn't say if you weren't. If you were not. If you didn't know what you were looking for with a brown ale, you wouldn't. I don't yeah. think you know it was there. Well, the wild is definitely, or the uh, sour is definitely dominant. It's very tart. Yeah. Tart, sour, wild elements, fruity, almost fruity elements. I mean, it's it smells exactly like you would expect a sour yeah, or exactly. a wild to, to smell. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it's just really, really sharp up front. Yeah, it is. Really, really sharp. It's like uh, somebody just taking a little uh, toothpick and jab it at their nostril. Yeah. Or a safety pin. Which we do often. Yeah. yeah. It, it is an aromatic safety pin through the nose. <laughs> right. So the appearance is also variable by base style, generally showing a color tint or hue from any fruits if you uh, any if used in both the beer and the head. Clarity can be variable. Some haze is not a fault. Head retention is often poor. It, now it looks a lot like um, it looks like a lot like a brown ale. Yeah, it looks it's a little red. Yeah, um, it's like a but it's like a deep maroon red. Right. If you hold up the light, I would say actually we're drinking these out of snifters. Head retention is pretty good. Yeah, you got the thin white head on the outside. It's uh, like kind of clearing in the middle. It's, yeah. Yeah, it, it has a yeah, kind of like a creamy, almost root beer looking head. You know, it's yeah, it's there. Thick, um, thick lacing. Oh yeah, really. It's got thick. A, yeah, it's got a nice lacy bra on it. Really thick lacing on it. Yeah, say it's almost say this might be lingerie in the glass. Oh yeah, it's so lacy. There you go. It's really, it's is really thick. Is though. it turning you on slightly? Oh yeah, but it's definitely covering the nips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not showing you everything. That's why it says slightly. Yeah, just it's slightly. Like, it's like when you look at a Cosmo, like George Costanza. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think we looked at Victoria's Seeker back in the day. It was showing <laughs> right. everything but the good bits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what this Wait, is. It was yeah. no Frankie's of Hollywood. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, used to yeah. Right. And finally, uh, flavor, mouthfeel. Uh, flavor is, of course, variable by base style, as is mouthfeel. Uh, should, again, showcase the fruit sour and or funk of a wild fermentation. There you go. And mouthfeel should be generally a light body, lighter than what might be expected from the base style. Uh, moderate to high carbonation. This one's warmed up a little bit. Yeah. We headed out here probably 45 minutes. So that might have some effect. And it's not warm, but it's you know it's, well, it's still cold. But so I said warmed up. Yeah, but it's not it's not hot, but it's not you know fresh out of the fridge either. Um, I do get some hints of that um, of the oak. I do get some hints of the brown ale for sure. Uh, they're actually fairly prominent, a little bit more than I expected from the yeah. aroma. And then there is definitely a finish of the sour the sour notes. But it's actually fairly balanced between sour and brown ale oaky for me. I get kind of a I get kind of a fifty fifty mix of that almost. By the way, do we know if this is a twenty fifteen bottle or if this is uh yeah January twenty fifteen yeah bottled in uh, September twenty sixteen. So <clears throat> this has been on the shelf for over a year. Well, bottled twenty sixteen. I'm right? sorry, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So yeah. 
So a few months, six yeah. months, five months. Ma- math months. Yeah. Uh, it's been out there for a while. So it's been aging uh, for a while. Well, about eight months, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, math is hard. Yeah. Actually, as a programmer, I will tell you, one of the hardest jobs you have is date-time math, like, especially converting between time zones. It's, it's the sure. biggest pain in the ass, but that's it's, not the programming cast. That is the programming cast for this week. <laughs> It can be it can be a real wild bear to tackle that. Oh. To tackle that. To tackle daytime math. Um, That's why you're here for so the comedy. Do you notice? To me, I noticed like the honey nut Cheerios bee floating in into this beer. Like at the at the uh, after that after it jabs a safety pin through your tongue, uh, a very clean safety pin through your tongue. <laughs> like I noticed the the honey nut Cheerio. And this is probably the double brown ale coming through, but. Like the honey nut Cheerios bees coming in and stinging you on the tongue with some honey goodness. See, that to me is the brown ale. Uh, that's what I think it is. Yeah, like the oaky, the oaky brown ale element that definitely comes in after the sour clears. The sour, the sour is like the flood rush, like the flood water rush right. in the beginning, and then that goes away, and then you're left with a residue of uh, of the double brown ale with the or the brown ale with the uh, oaky, the oaky afterbirth. You're definitely left with that. It's definitely very woody in the back end. It's yeah, like, oh um, yeah, that's, that's the oak is prominent. That uh, smell to uh, the retronasal conversion between smell and taste it yeah. reminds me a lot of like sawdust or something in the back end. I will is, say, also, I mean, obviously we've done at least 104 beers on this show. We've done several other beers on our own that we don't review on the show. Yeah, it's very rare to have a beer that is so distinctive of two styles at once like yeah. this. Like. So having a, the beginning of that sour that's yeah. so prominent, and you're going to think, okay, well, this is going to have a finish of sour, and then to have that woody double brown ale, or that is it double? I keep saying that. Yeah. At least the brown ale element coming in after that so prominently, that's yeah. that's very rare. It's to very, be able to define very it like transformative. That. Yeah. I definitely notice. I don't notice the vanilla as much as I do the cherries. Um. So mid, the way the the flavor palette evolves for me is very just stereotypical sour up front. Yeah. Very very carbonated too, by the way. Oh yeah. A lot of carbonation in this beer. Uh, very carbonated, very bubbly on the tongue. It's not drying, but it's not cloying at the same time, which is nice. So it starts out really sh- not sharp, sharp like some sours, but it's a moderate sharpness. So a clean safety pin to the tongue. Then the cherries come through, and then it ends up on like a kind of sawdusty, oaky flavor. That I wouldn't even say oak. Necessarily. I don't necessarily taste oak. I just taste like a general wood flavor. I definitely, I definitely taste oak. But I get what you mean be. in the middle. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't normally just gnaw on pieces of oak. So, well, but the reason I point that out is because it's very reminiscent of, of the oaked mosaic that came out. Yeah, that's the, true. the aftertaste of that. So I'm thinking that's definitely oak in this case. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You get that sour up front. You get, I get kind of a cherry vanilla mix in the middle. Uh, it's more cherry, but there's there's a little bit of vanilla in there too. And then it then it resolves into the brown ale oaky flavor at the end. Yeah. The uh, Man, the, the sour flavors really just... They go away. They go away quickly. Yeah. So if you're not a fan of sour uh, beers like I'm not, it really, really... Uh, that flavor goes away quickly and it evolves into something else, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, again, as as the noted sour lover on this show... Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind if it hung around, but I also really like the fact that it doesn't just because it has such a, an array of flavors in this beer. And, and frankly, like, for me, sours are one of those beers that... To me, I'm like a one and done because the flavor is so powerful. Yeah. I, I can do one, and then I'm on to something else a little more moderate. And I, I think I'm, in this case... I'm be- a little bit like that with Gozas, too. There's only so many salty beers I can yeah. have in a row that it just kind of whips me. But in this case, because the sour flavor disappears so quickly, I think I could probably do another couple glasses like, like and be okay. Of yeah, yeah. Well, 
you know, 15 glasses and five butt chugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, 20 total. However yeah, you 20 do total. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, how many sips are you going to do? Well, it just depends what flavor. You, yeah. what, what part of your flavor palette do you want to work up? I mean, <laughs> right. Sometimes it's the butt. The yeah. Butt palette. You, yeah, you get the you get the best flavoring going that way. And I will say this, maybe this is weird, but uh, the aftertaste uh, tastes like peanut butter and jelly to me. Yeah, more like. Um, I, I get the peanut butter flavor you're talking about. If I was going to equate it to something out on the market, though, I would say it's more of that raw, organic peanut butter flavor. It's not. I don't think it's like a really sweet Peter Pan right. peanut butter. It's yeah, more no, of a, no, no, no. Yeah. It's definitely. It's like that uh, when we did the peanut butter off. Uh, the one that didn't win. The one. The, 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 no, the, the one that wasn't no label. Time. Yeah. yeah, the peanut butter jelly time. Yeah, yeah. that more free range artisanal peanut. Yeah, um, more small. peanuty than sugary peanut buttery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not the peanut butter I like, but right. it definitely reminds me of. Um, it's almost like a, a peanut butter and chocolate protein bar. Like, it's supposed to taste like peanut butter, like a candy bar, yeah. but it tastes nothing like that. Right. It's kind of that flavor. Yeah. That's not necessarily a knock on it. It's just, it's an interesting aftertaste that I didn't, yeah, I, I definitely did not expect. Yeah. So, you have a rating here to give, Mark? Nope. All right. <laughs> um, ratings. Um, I gotta say, um, it's nice to see my. Expectations fulfilled by five one two. That's true. A very well balanced beer. Uh, I would say that of all the beers I've had of theirs, they're always very well balanced. And I know I don't know what they're. I'm guessing that's probably one of their key brewing principles is to be very well balanced. Sure. Obviously, not a brewery's like that. But I know that's one of St. Arnold's goals. For instance, is to be always be a very well balanced beer, not not to be overpowering in any one category. Right. Um. And even the the whiskey age double con porter. It sounds like it would be very sweet and um, cloying, but it's not. It just sounds like it would be very hot and alcoholic. It's not. Yeah. Again, another very well-balanced beer. And this is yet another very well-balanced beer by 512. Now, I could have sworn I've had this beer before. I don't know that I have. Because <laughs> I could have sworn I've had this and hated this beer before. No, okay. Maybe you did. It's a, maybe I did, and maybe, I, maybe I'm just my palate, palate is vault. I was going to say, you used to absolutely hate sours. Yeah. So... Rating this, um, I can't rate it this according to style because I'm not as well versed as I should be in sours. But I will say from overall rating, it's in a weird style anyway. It is. It's got a weird mix. I I love the way this beer transforms. It is a, uh, you know, it's like an Optimus Prime. (laughs) It is. It transforms and rolls out in your mouth, right, uh, to the back of your tongue, and that is really really impressive. And. I would I would highly recommend this beer if you come across this beer if you manage to snag a bottle I don't know if they make it every year um, but if you manage to find a bottle of this five one two wild bear absolutely grab this beer if you're a fan of sours if you're a fan of just an interesting tasting experience right. in a good way not in a bad way um, this is a damn fine beer so I'm giving this beer a five out of five wow I I really like wow. this beer okay. it, it, I love the way. Um, it brings in that sour flavor without being overpowering. Sure. Transforms into that double brown ale in the back, and then gives you like a strange, strangely pleasant aftertaste of peanut butter and jelly with some cherries mixed in the middle. It's just it's it's a really, it's an array in one yeah. in one glass. Yes, it's a it's a flavor rainbow, much like Lucky Charms. <laughs> it really is. It needs yeah. its own little leprechaun. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe a little a little bear dressed in a leprechaun's hat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. there, there's a pot of gold at the end it's, of this rainbow. It, it's kind of a mix because Lucky Charms is only one marshmallow flavor. It's like a mix of yeah. all your favorite kids' cereals. That's true. That's one together. thing. My, my complaint about Lucky Charms is like there's just a taste of rainbow. Well, the rainbow is all one flavor. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the deal? What's up with that? Yeah. So for me, 
I think 512 often suffers from a thing that we've talked about several times. Ubiquity? Well, it's, you know, your old standby, you know, they don't have anything that's new, the new hotness. They're not a new brewery. They've been around a long time. You know they're going to be there. You know the pecan porter is going to be there. You know it's good. But you always like, yeah, but this is something I haven't had. You know, so they kind of suffer from that, which is probably unfair. I mean, Austin was the... Austin was the original uh, birth of craft beer in Texas. Yeah, no matter yeah, what, no well, matter what, Roar and Franconia were around. Austin was the hub. Was the I would say it was a hub, but it were was they, the hub of craft beer? I, I mean, I, yes, I Shiner was here first, but I'm saying the real movement came out of Austin. I would say the movement. Yeah, I just wonder if like St. Arnold came first in Houston. Okay. I don't know, but a uh, hub. Yeah, yes, sure. I will. I will give you that. Yes, yeah, St. Arnold. The birth of the movement. St. Yes. Arnold and Shiner, and maybe Roar too. Yeah. Maybe these are older than anything in Austin. I don't know, but Austin was the first to have number of different breweries. To be, Austin was definitely the Portland of Texas. And to have a beer scene, quote-unquote, yes. even if there were breweries Absolutely. that existed for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah, St. Arnold did come earlier, yes. That's what I mean by the birth. The birth so, of the movement that's happening yeah. now. You know, St. Arnold was late 90s, I think. 90, uh, maybe no, wait, 80s. no, I think it might have been 91 or 92. They're called the oldest brewery in Texas, so I don't I don't know when they started. And Shiner was in the, in the 40s, or in the 30s. Pretty sure it was 91 or 92. Uh, you should look it up. They might be the oldest crap brewery, but China was the oldest brewery. I don't know. Well, that's that's for another. That's for the uh, history and cast. All of that could be completely <laughs> inaccurate. So it could be. Don't listen to look, any of what we just said. We show. did not look it up. No. We just uh, we're shooting from the hip of no. things we try to remember. We're the rape beer, the ZX acquired version <laughs> of rape beer, of beer podcast. Right. <laughs> but in any case, all that aside, um, it's just not a brewery I visit much. Yeah. I went down to Austin last year uh, for about a week. And five one twelve is you know a lot more popular. Five one twelve, five one two, five one two. Yeah, five one two. Excuse me, five one twelve. Yeah, five one two is uh, you know a lot more popular down there, and they do the same thing down there that we do here. You know, we have all the local breweries that come on, and they take all the tap space, and then down there five one two gets a lot of the tap space. So uh, I did have their IPA, and I thought that was kind of meh. So that kind of made me think, well. It's not bad, but it's kind of, like you said... It's just average. They do a lot of balanced, even things, yeah. so it kind of fell in that category. So I expected this to be good, but probably like, oh, that's a pretty good sour. Yeah. You know, and just kind of... It, it's based on a brown ale. Maybe we'll get a hand of that, and it'll be sour, and that'll be it. That's yeah. kind of... I expected it to be good, but I didn't expect it to be this good. Right. For sure. So that being said, this beer makes me want to go back and remember 512 put them in the rotation, and actually start getting their stuff again. Look out for the uh, Pecan Porter, the whiskey barrel-aged version, because I don't do that either. Yeah. And I need to I need to go back, because this is one of the most inventive, awesome beers I think I've had. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a bold statement for looking at uh, Untapped and saying, and seeing today I had 858 unique check-ins. Yeah. This is going to be a standout, I think, for a long time. Yeah. And... For that, if I could go higher, I would, but I'd definitely give them a five out of five because this is this is one of the one of the most complex, awesome beers I think I've ever had. It it, it just blows me away, yeah. and uh, it almost makes me want to sing a song from the end of Fast and Furious. It's been a long time. <laughs> I'll see you again. Yes, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Now I'm even more mad I didn't invest in them. It's been a Maybe I could have got a lifetime supply of wild beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're right. They do suffer from uh, ubiquity and uh, yeah. being an old standby, and yeah. they don't always have the new hotness. But they're definitely slipping under the radar with this beer. Yeah, I think this. I think we. Uh, I think this was fifteen dollars here, at Lake Growler. Yeah, maybe twelve. 
Um, I mean, that's not horrible for this size. It's, no, it's no. the same size bottle you get anything from Jester King in, and they price their stuff yeah. about 20 bucks. No, no, for a bomber, it's yeah. very, very yeah. well priced, uh, especially compared to some other breweries that same size or smaller and might charge 5 to $6 more. Yeah, and this is uh, yeah full seven fifty milliliters. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a I, I it's, don't, it's I don't like having a bottle of wine, but a yeah. really good bottle of wine. Yeah, I would say it's it's actually a value price beer yeah. uh, if you can find the bottle. I again, I don't know how often they produce this beer, but uh, kudos and yeah. uh, it gives us a final score of five out of five. You can make a run on Liquid Growler right now, and they have at least three more. Yeah, if we don't leave with them, I might I might take uh, at least one bottle out here. <laughs> I was going to say. Well, thanks for listening to episode 104 of Brew Bloods. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for listening. Or at least if, downloading it. We appreciate thanks, that. Thanks for downloading even if you don't listen. We appreciate it, yeah. <laughs> um, if you have any friends that uh, enjoy craft beer, enjoy the craft beer scene, enjoy listening to craft beer reviews and interviews, uh, please come about our show. We'd really appreciate it. If they enjoy just listening to things. Uh, True. The, the spoken word. If they just want to fill uh, time, you yeah. know, if just have, have noise on in the background. Yeah, if they're feeling dead inside and, <laughs> and they need to liven things up, well, maybe don't put on the show. Maybe put on something from Joel Austin or something. Something <laughs> Mark to inspire your life. Mark will do a subtrack where it's just, hello, how are you doing? And you can have like a conversation with him. Welcome to the Motivational Mood that's, Podcast. That's interesting. I'm here to pump, pump, pump you up. Yes, I hear you from the radio. <laughs> we'll have the yeah, the fake, uh, fake best friend podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. Just have uh, pre-recorded responses. <laughs> so, how's the thing that you've been doing lately? Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. How is your job? Uh, Way to do that thing. <laughs> uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Though. We really do appreciate it. If you have any uh, news you want to pass our way, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com, or if you have beer trays, or you just want to send us beer, we'd really appreciate that, or too. Or praise or critiques. Let praise, critiques, whatever. Uh, you can call us 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. And you can check us out on all the social networks, on uh, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even the occasional Snapchat, at BrewBloods, on all those platforms. Yep. And uh, don't forget, we do have the uh, mostly weekly uh, Brews and News newsletter that comes out Friday, Whenever Mark wants to put it together. Friday or Saturday, uh, yeah. whenever I feel... Uh, not lazy enough to get it together. Exactly. Uh, it'll give you a nice little wrap-up of the week's beer news, major beer news, not all of it, of course, but uh, just go to our website, brewbloods.net, sign up for that. We will you don't never... put everything together from every local hub that has <laughs> any beer not. news? Okay. Uh, we you will, have uh... all your Batman-esque monitors where you're tracking all <laughs> cell phone traffic, talking That's about true. beer. I do have six monitors. So you should have all that. Uh, we won't ever sell your email address. Uh, I won't. Dustin will. Yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. That's he true. Did. But I don't do it, so you don't have to worry about me. He doesn't have access to MailCamp. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you guys. I don't have access to our website or anything. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I have all the power. Yes. Well, I'll say like he, man. I have all power to produce <laughs> digital content. That was very lame. That was, that was like not the best He-Man impersonation no. either. Well, I'm having to keep it quiet, NPR style. <laughs> yeah, true. Fair you enough. are listening to the Duplass Brothers of the He-Man soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, you can't so. overwrite that. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 105 of Brew Bloods. Probst. Probst. Probst.